This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, whether that's Rovers throwing in a drab nil-nil in the Championship or taking Newcastle all the way to a penalty shootout in the fifth round of the FA Cup, You'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Asante came to TurboTax after graduating from culinary school and landing a job in the hottest kitchen in town. My hands are full all day, every day. I love it. Asante, as your TurboTax expert, I'll make your moves count, guaranteeing 100% accurate filing and your maximum refund. Sound good? Yes, expert! Switch to Intuit TurboTax and make your moves count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I got good news. It is the best news in the world to me. News. I left the blues far behind and what a day it's gonna be. Oh, welcome everyone. This is the BRCS end of season, potentially one-off, but could turn into a, a bit of a thing podcast. Uh, with me today we have Duncan Miller. Who could well be an MP soon? Hello, Dunk. Evening. We have the uh, the Twitter famous Mikey Delap. Hello, very generous description. And we also have Ian Herbert. Seen him on Twitter and BRCS. Is that right, Ian? You're on there as well. Okay, I am indeed. Occasional contributor to uh, the Accrington Observer as well as a, oh. as a stand-in first substitute. So yes, but honoured to be here tonight. Okay, we have a celebrity in the house. Um, so everyone has been issued with an agenda, uh, and we're pretty much good to go. So point one on the agenda uh, is this season, 2016-2017. Is there any plus points we can take from that? Let's go straight to Mike. Mike, what do you think? Any plus points at all? <laughs> My positivity sort of uh, reputation precedes me, I say. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, we're trying to start on a high because I've got a feeling there could be some lows yeah. at this podcast. No, there's only so high I can take this, I'm afraid. No, there's not many plus points. The only thing I suppose I'm pointing at primarily is hopefully that, you know, they'll, uh, you know, by going further down the mire, further into danger and down the leagues, hopefully someone might twig somewhere and, you know, in, in ownership or in management and maybe just have a look and think this is a chance to sort ourselves out. There's a few clubs that have done that. You know, I'm not saying that'll happen to us, but the likes of. You know, um, Leicester, Southampton, Norwich have done it as well. Admittedly, they had all had something that resembled a plan going at the time. But, you know, they've all hit League One, sorted themselves out, given themselves a kick up the bum and, you know, and, and taken it on from there and, and rebuilt from the ground up, which, you know, I, I admit is clutching at straws. But, you know, that's 
the only thing I can think of really that would class as a positive thought at uh, you know it's what what's been a pretty dreadful season. Ian, uh, similar from you, I'm guessing. I think so. Yeah, I guess the the biggest plus point is we took it to the last last day, and the, almost the very last minute of the last day because I think when Coyle was in charge, and the January window closed with him still being there. I didn't honestly believe that it would, it would go that, that far. My prediction was that the Wolves game would be the one and Paul Lambert would eke his revenge by sending us down. So it was something of a, of a pleasure that he didn't get to do that. Um, but it's scant consolation. It's been a dreadful season. It really has. And I think it's very difficult to be uh, positive about anything other than the potential of a fresh start, as Mikey said. Uh, and Duncan from the Venkies Out party. I'm guessing you've not got... Uh, you've not got very many positives to find I think basically I'm just glad it's over the biggest plus point is it's finally finally finished um, we finished the season you know reasonably well on the pitch with with a manager who looks like he's got half a clue what he's doing um, like like the guys have said we're clutching at straws really to find anything positive it's, it's the worst season I've ever experienced um, supporting Rovers and uh yeah, not not a lot really very good to say about it, unfortunately. The keen season for me, still a worse season. I don't know what you all think, but the keen season was a bad season when we went down. Oh, I'll have a crack, I'll have a crack at this. Uh, one thing, and I think I said this to Ian, actually, because I, I shared the, I'll, I'll be polite and say the joy of the last day with Ian. I was present with Ian at the time. Um, the one thing I did say, I never ever thought I'd see is us getting relegated where there isn't, a situation where fans are haranguing a manager. I never envisaged that, and yet we did it this season. Whereas the Keane season, it was just, you know, it was just an absolute shambles, and it was everybody you looked at in the, you know, in the in the stands or in the owners, you just sort of thought, God, I hate them. Whereas at least with Mowbray, you can sort of look at it and think, you know, there's a little bit of light and the end of the tunnel with him there. Yeah, yeah, I I'd, I'd agree. Uh, it wasn't the warfare that that Wigan away game was. Um, but I think for me personally there is a couple more plus points notably Lenihan who I thought had had a decent season and Raya towards the end of the season when he came in for Steele um, you know if we can keep hold of players like that I don't know what you guys think Niambi as well although I'm less sure I'm Niambi truth be told I think Lenihan has been immense um, there was some very very negative comments particularly on Twitter uh, round about Christmas time after the Barnsley game. And I think there's one exchange I saw where a Rovers fan offered to drive him to whoever would be prepared to buy him in January. And that seemed pretty harsh for a young lad who was giving his all, I think, in the second half of the season, and especially since Mowbray came in. I don't know if it's the fact that Mowbray's a centre-back and maybe he's been coaching him specifically, but I think Lenahan has been excellent. Um, un- unlucky, I think, to miss out on the player of the season. I think it, he had that dodgy spell before Christmas but other than that I think he's been superb um, Raya well he, yeah, he, he's, he's come in and out the team a couple of times, goalkeepers particularly I think tend to mature as they get older so he's still very very young for that position certainly seems a good shot stopper, I'd like to see him command his area and he might get more opportunity next season. Who didn't perform then? Any standout players this season where you thought you really haven't lived up to, or you've not been what we needed. We've got one player who spends an awful lot of time in Dublin and Glasgow. Let's leave it at that, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He's leave him alone. He's uh, you know he has a real real red spot for a red mist descends when anyone wearing Elvis clothing shows up as well. If only with Stokes there had been some warning signs though that at previous clubs he'd perhaps not knuckled down. Yeah, if yeah we were caught really cold there, weren't we? It's not as if the guy had a track record for going missing or anything like that, but. Yeah, uh, due diligence in the transfer market. I think that's something I'd like to see next year. Uh, I do. I do remember before we signed him, though. Actually, I remember that there was a rumor that Rotherham were going to sign him, and there was a few people jumping on Twitter then saying, "Look, we're going to miss out on a a high-profile player if we don't pull our finger out." And that was the one occasion I was actually thrilled that we weren't seemingly, you know, just sat on our thumbs doing nothing. So that's our main one. Anyone else got anything to add on that? Who uh, don't know if you've got anyone, Dunk, who's been. Specifically, crap. I've, in all honesty, um, take your pick. Really, um, I think special mention really for uh, the person who pre- preceded Tony Marbury. I don't really want to mention his name. Um, everybody knows who I'm referring to. Um, really, really poor manager. You know, um, straight away at the beginning of the season, it was. It was pretty evident the team didn't have any clue, any direction, and we were, we were god awful for the first, you know, until Mowbray came in. Really, you know, a couple of uh, freak results aside, really, uh, Newcastle springs to mind. But yeah, absolutely dire. Um, you know, when we talk about, I think the fact that we're talking about these young players being um, absolutely fantastic and a real breath of fresh air. Yeah, they, they've done well. They've come into a difficult situation. Some of those players have done really well. Um, Lenehan's Nambi's uh, Raya Raya for me um, probably should have been should have been starting uh, a little bit before he, he did come into the side but um, the fact that we're, we've been so reliant on these young players and we've been you know pretty let down by some of the players we could probably expect a little bit more of um, you know I, I think really disappointing the the lack of games we've got out of Corey Evans this season somebody who could um you know, you'd, pro- you'd probably want in the trenches with you when you're in when you're in a bit of a battle in a situation like that. Um, obviously, some some well documented injury problems there. And that's been a disappointment for me. That one. And Hopak Pan, anyone on Hopak Pan? It sums him up. I think um, that his moment of glory was taken away from him away at Sheffield Wednesday, where the one time he made a really positive contribution. The referee ruled that the ball didn't cross the line, which is kind of like his his season, perhaps even his career in microcosm. Uh, my nickname for him is Hopeless Act Panic, because he certainly doesn't provide any hope for me. And whenever he gets the ball, invariably I panic. Uh, I'm not sorry to see the back of him, I have to say. Um, speaking of uh, Hope Akpan, that's the end of him. His career at Blackman Rovers. Um, the retained list came out, but there wasn't very many retained on there. The end of Law, Henley, Guthrie, Brown, Greer. Anyone with Seastad to go? Is there any uh is there any anyone that can justify Jason Law, who's probably not the greatest footballer but quite a nice guy by the sounds of things? I suspect the problem with Lowe was uh, his wages. Mm. Because if he's been one of the guys with us from the Premier League days, he may well have had relegation clauses, but who knows, given the uh the efficacy of the Rovers board in drawing up contracts and I suspect that it got to a point where it was just financially impossible to keep him and also I think it's just one of those situations where I think his relationship with the club and the fans reached a crossroads and it's probably better for both parties to be a, uh, for him to leave. 
Duncan, Law, Henley, Guthrie, Akpan, Brown, Greer. Can you make a case for any of them? Um, I, I think the main thing I'd, I'd say on that, it, obviously Guthrie came in the last last few games and you know did reasonably well. I thought um, Greer disaster, Brown worse. Akpan, we've said enough about him. I think Henley's a bit of a curious one for me. You know, a player who had a lot of potential a couple of years back, he's just gone completely off the rails, you know. Um, come through the youth ranks, got himself to full international um, status and just really stagnated. Um, you know, I think it'll be interesting um, to go on and see what he does in the future. I, I can't, you know... I don't know where he'll end up. Don't know what he'll end up doing. But I think um, that's. I think he'll be one of those cases of um, never quite made it. Never quite realised that potentially hard. And Law, I think. Um, yeah, I think. I think we've we've seen a lot of Law over the years. You kind of know what you're getting with him. Um, quite disappointing in a way. In a, a way that the manner in which his time at the club's come to an end. Um, sure, he wouldn't have wanted to to leave on on a relegation, but I think. Um, like Ian said, it was it was best for both parties for him to go, and I, I am pretty sure he's going to be on a pretty decent wage. That we're it wouldn't benefit us to to keep him on anywhere near that salary. On a bit of a tangent, has anyone ever read the story about Danny Guthrie's wedding? No, I've not heard that one. What a story! Google that if you've got <laughs> if you've got a spare five minutes. It sounds like a right tear up. <laughs> Just, just on the subject of, of Guthrie, am I alone in thinking that he is slowly, incrementally turning into David Dunn? Because the, the last two or three games <laughs> of the season, physically, uh, particularly the width of his backside in the Rovers shorts, it seemed to be, he seemed to be getting more and more like Dunny. Um, and I wonder whether we should keep him for sentimental purposes. <laughs> yeah, but a, a sort of low-budget Venkis version of David Dunn. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. A tribute yeah, act. Yeah. He's got he's got the same stubble, I'll give him that. Um contracts offered, Mahoney being the main one, I think. Uh there's been a couple of young kids signed, some uh, a young kid as well from Scotland that's highly rated, although I don't think a fifteen year old is the answer to our problems at this point. Um I, I saw online that maybe the uh the Mahoney contract might be something to do with just ensuring we we do get some money for him if he goes. Something about the tribunal and if a if a player has been improved offered an improved contract, uh you're entitled to a bit more money for them. Um mm-hmm. so I don't know if we'll see that to be the case. I think I think he may well be on his way to Preston. I think if you're in his shoes if his agent is, is doing his work properly, he'd have to sort of say, why, why would you stay at Blackburn Rovers? What are they going to give you? And it's, it would be very def- difficult, even as a die-hard supporter at the moment, to make an argument that we're a stable club moving in the right direction with every, all the ingredients in place to develop as a player. So uh, it's one of those situations now where my, my sympathy goes out uh, to players like him who perhaps have got the, you know, the, the died-in-the-wall supporters, but they've got to look after their careers. And I, uh, it's no surprise to see, him, uh, to see him leave. It's a massive disappointment because I think he was one of the bright spots of last year, but it's not a surprise. I think, I think as well, though, like with, with Mahoney and stuff like that, people last few days have been saying, like, oh, he's, you know, he's supposed to be a fan, you know, he's supposed to want to play for Blackburn, he's a Judas, that sort of thing. The usual stuff you hear when players, you know, it's like the old... 
mentality of, oh, if they don't want to be here, I never fancied them in the first place, that type of thing. But, you know, you have to look at it from the point of view with him that he spent half a season with someone saying, no, you're not quite good enough. I'm going to put Liam Feeney in ahead of you for a whole half a season. Uh, and and then when he when he does when he does get a little bit of a you know a run in the first team and stuff like that it's sort of uh, you know three months left of a whatever deal he was on a three or four year deal what does that sort of tell him that we were almost sort of desperate to show him that no no you know we really like you it's fine look look here you go you know but we could have done it from way before and it's not like we've been magnificent or you know all guns blazing we've actually been really poor and we've been screaming out for someone like him to. No, I accept he's a bit unpredictable and nothing. everything he tries doesn't come off, but he's the one one of the very few players we have when he attacks, you sort of look at him and think, OK, this guy's got the opposition defence thinking and that is not something that we've always had. Absolutely. I mm. always felt that when he picked the ball up, the opposition looked to put two men around him quickly and there's nobody else in our team that would pick the ball up and move forward with it and have that kind of impact. Really sorry to see him go, but I can't blame him at all. Is there anything more disheartening than being told Liam Feeney is going to be playing ahead of you? <laughs> yeah, when you Josh... I'm not sure there is. I know one. When Josh King was told Chris Brown was better than him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Good point. Well put. And we'll leave it at that. Moving on. Um, <laughs> um, Mulberry staying, which is some decent news, surely. Although I have noticed he's now being called a manager and not a head coach. I think that's um, all to do with Mr Senior's uh, departure. Um, does this mean Marbury's going to have, obviously reading his interviews, he seems to think he's going to have a big say in the players that come into the club. Um, hope so, really do hope so. Or I think all his um, proclamations that he's going to be staying might be short-lived because I think I don't think Marbury's the type who's going to suffer fools gladly, to be honest, and we could end up with another situation like we saw with Paul Lambert, where um, if things kind of don't materialise, the promises that he's, you know, and the assurances that he's been given over the last um, week or two don't materialise, then I think, um, sorry to be the bearer of doom and gloom, but I think it could be um, short-lived. So moving on to our next section, which I've got down on our very well thought out agenda, um, the future forward slash summer, uh, the owners think is will relegation have any impact in them? We've heard stuff about accountants at Ewood. I'm not really sure what that means, truth be told. Um what do we think? Do you think do you think something might happen this summer or do you think it's uh, another season under the Venky Rev? Yeah, of course it is. It's, sorry I'm jumping in here early, but it's um you know, they're not they're not going anywhere. And again it's I know it's a bit of a side point to make, but there's nothing anyone could have done or any noises that could have been made or any protests that could have succeeded. They just sort of reek of, you know, we'll do what we want. You know, we're, we're in charge here and and they just take it from there. They just, they work on their own watch and you know, they'll, they'll go when they'll go. They're not going to be here forever. Let's face it, but they will just go when they've had enough or when they've decided to wrap it up. That's it's as simple as that. And I think that's certainly good for another season or I say good for another season, horrific for another season. I think there's some beautiful narrative here that Duncan gets in as the independent Venkis out party in Blackburn on the day that Venkis announced that they're selling the club. Oh, oh don't, don't do that to me, that is. <laughs> um, suddenly Duncan gets questioned on a whole heap of other things, such as 
what are we doing in the, our local NHS and what are we doing about our local schools? Mm. Just don't adopt <laughs> any UKIP policies, Duncan. Stay strong. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, um, I got asked the other day about my defence policy and I said, well, we should be okay now. Wes Brown's been released. <laughs> you know, <that> was, uh... <laughs> Tremendous. So, yeah, I think um, at the moment it's, it's not looking likely. I mean, we, we got that absolutely ludicrous statement after relegation that they've had about as much input in to as I've had in I don't know, Donald Trump's presidential campaign, you know they, they, uh, it's completely nothing to do with them, that nonsense that came out, it, it read like all the other generic rubbish statements that they come out with all the time um, no relegation won't make them sell, what, what will make them sell, God only knows, um, I think as as Mike just touched on, it's going to be um, when when they've had enough, um, either until they decide to go out or the club finds itself in in you know a, a situation that none of us want to see it in. You know where we where we're uh, struggling to continue to exist. That might be um, what gets rid of them. So I think from my point of view, what I'd say to anybody listening is um, keep doing what you're doing, keep keep the protest, keep the noise going. Um, there's no right and wrong to it. I'd certainly never vilify anybody for not wanting to protest, for wanting to keep going to the games, for boycotting whatever people are doing. But let's keep it out there. Let's 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 not just accept this dreadful, dreadful situation we're finding ourselves in at the moment, um, with toxic owners. And um, I spoke to somebody fairly recently, and they said to me, "Rovers have been in the third division before." Rovers have had no money before, but the way I'm looking at it is this is the lowest we've been in a, a long, long time, 37 years. Um, when we've been in this situation league table-wise before, we might have had no money, but we weren't saddled with debts that would cripple a small country. And also we haven't had the benefit of a benefactor like Jack Walker putting us on the map and giving us an infrastructure that, that should really mean that we don't find ourselves in this position. I couldn't agree more with that. I think the, the, the really painful bit about this relegation, and this is the third time I've seen Rovers in the third tier, is that we are a lottery winner that squandered the win. We were given mm. a one-off wonderful opportunity to build a legacy, which we I think we did, yeah. and we've just sold the family silver. And we're right. Yes, we are right back to where we were when I first started supporting the club more years ago yeah. than I care to remember. But it's, it's the it's the squandering of uh, of that. That's legacy, a great analogy, which is just yeah, yeah absolutely appalling. Um, Although giving giving away your age there, Herbert. Absolutely, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> just just one, one thing though: um, will relegation make them sell? What will make them sell? I doubt actually they ever will sell. Here's why. Uh, if you're going to sell, you need a buyer. And I cannot conceive of anybody that would buy and take over the debt that they've incurred. Why on earth would they? So if you're talking about a, a Venki's exit, I fear that it's administration, oblique liquidation. Which, yeah, but which I think sorry makes... to jump in again, but you, wouldn't you take that? Well, no, as I say, which means that the Rovers Trust absolutely needs to to carry on and and be the custodian in waiting to jump in in that scenario so i i I find it highly unlikely that we will get a a white knight buyer that will buy from venkis i think it's highly unlikely that venkis will sell i think it's much more probable 
that at some point they will sort of say this has run its course administration sorry mark over to you sorry i didn't mean, I didn't mean to interrupt myself but um it was, it was my turn first but <laughs> um i was uh yeah I, I, it was kind of just mirroring what you were saying i, I think you know I, I, if, I, I got asked a couple of times over the summer if someone said to you, would you take points docked administration just so you could start again? Hell yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'd, you'd I'd take, take the gamble now, surely, wouldn't you? Yeah, there's not, you know, put it this way, there's not, like Ian says, I mean, there's many wonderful dream thoughts of like another, you know, uh, generous Blackburn supporting benefactor coming along and ploughing his money in and saving us, but... You know, that's about as likely as me getting a date with Jennifer Aniston next week. I'm not ruling it out, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, absolute figment of imagination stuff as far as I'm concerned. I think, you know, we just need to almost sort of say, right, let's just, you know, bury it down to the foundations and just rebuild it up from there. That's that's really about as good as it's going to get. Mike, I can absolutely guarantee that you will not be on a date with Jennifer Aniston next week. I, that, that is something I can guarantee. Yeah, she, she's going out with Josh next week. You have to wait till the week after. Well, I, I thought we had a rotor system in place. I, was <laughs> I think the, um, the appointment of the accountants also leads me down that path of they're, they're examining all the operations. I think if, if accountants come in to do a review of operations in any business, invariably uh, the bank tend to be the ones that sort of say we need to understand what's going on there you need to and it and the net result typically is a massive cost saving exercise so you will get accountants coming in and doing a going concern type analysis and sort of saying well what is, what is the basic absolute rock bottom that we need in this club to to keep it ticking over right strip the costs down to 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 make it sustainable so Mowbray's um, prognostications when he came back from India about having money and this, that and the other, well, I think we'll, we shall see uh, because I think that the accountants will report back to Venkis uh, and a very different message might come out. So it's one, one to watch. So working on the assumption that they are probably staying then, um, I saw someone online who is now only referring to Mike Cheston as Mike Chestnut, which I love and I'm staying with. So we only have Mike Chestnut at the club. <laughs> Surely we need someone who has got experience brought in. I mean, Paul Senior, say what you want about him, but at least he has some sort of experience. Well, it depends what you think Mowbray's role is. If Mowbray has taken over that remit from Senior of... Uh, deciding which players we buy and sell, uh, and Cheston just tells him whether or not he can afford to sign the checks, then arguably not. The only bit that's missing, perhaps, is is the sales and marketing side. Uh, so you need someone who's actually going to sort of say how we're going to sell season tickets in the third tier and how we're going to get bums on seats and how we're going to sell replica kits and negotiate those. So uh, there is a gap on the board for me. But if Mowbray picks up the player side of things, Cheston uh, carries on counting... Uh, the pennies, then it just needs somebody in there to, to look after that sales and marketing type side. So that, that's a Tony Mowbray being the Blackburn Rovers equivalent of uh, Arsene Wenger, sort of <laughs> be, being the king of the castle uh, and only being questioned on money. I like it. I, I'd, I'd say that all day long. I think chest, Chestnut, let's, let's go with that, is yeah. just a void of charisma and talent and anything. He's, he's an accountant. He's the, uninsp- <laughs> he's, a, he's the most uninspiring person imaginable to be running a football club, which is effectively what he's doing. Um, obviously, there's the 
the international man and mystery Suel Pasha uh, knocking about as well and um, whether he's basically just a, a translator for the Venkis or he is the shadow director that a lot of people um, think he might be I, I don't really know um, but if God help us if if Chestnut is the one person running the club um, give the reins to Marbury, give it to the tea lady, give it to the guy who dresses up as the dog he walks around at half time. Excellent. Better than Raw. Better than Raw, remember that. Uh, one thing I've, I think you've clearly forgotten is that uh, as bad as Chestnut is, he will never be as bad as Vinif Rao. He was the man who actually stooped to messaging fans on Facebook to find out about transfer targets. That's as beautiful as it gets, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Might have got a decent player or two out of that, though, to be fair. What did we end up with? Stokes and Coyle under uh, Chestnuts? Well, I, I'd, have, I'd have been happy if he'd have messaged someone and said, how good is David Goodwill? This could have been cut off at the source, but instead we had to be, you know, <laughs> sort, sort of three years of it or whatever it was. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Venith left a lot, didn't he, to, uh, to be wanted, unfortunately. Um, what else have we got under the future for us last summer? Duncan Miller, MP. Thank you's out in the Blackburn area. How's that going, Dunk? It's, it's going really well, actually. I've had some um, really positive interactions. Um, not uh, too much negative feedback. Uh, as in, I don't think it's you know gone over the hills to Burnley yet that they know what's, what I'm planning. But, uh, yeah, it's been... It's been good, and um, I think a lot of people are really taking notice. I think there's been a real um, shift in opinion where, you know, rather than noisy Blackburn fans just don't know they're born, um, feeling entitled, people are really starting to take notice of the fact that we do have genuine grievances that we're, we're trying to wear, and, and basically this, this idea of this campaign is just me trying... You know, there's a lot of people done a lot of good work for a lot of years now to to try and get this message out there and to try and try and do what they can to uh, combat it. And it's just me doing my bit in a in a bit of a different way, to be honest with you. Um, but for anybody in Blackburn, if you're sick of um, local politicians and and the main parties being out of touch, and ultimately if you're sick of Benkies and the FA and the EFL and everything that goes with it and the situation we find ourselves in, give us a vote on the 8th. That would be great. I think it's fair to say, especially as well, if someone has no intention of voting, just, you know, I straight up do not vote. I never have it and never will. If you're that person, go for the comedy vote and vote Thank you's out, surely. Just, I mean, your odds <laughs> are better than the Lib Dems. Yeah, yeah, I was quite I saw that on Skybet. Yeah, I I um I was on Twitter uh, the other week and Lad Paul, which is the politics arm of Ladbrook, started following me. So I just tongue in cheek asked them what odds they were offering me, and they fired up a screenshot saying hundred to one. So uh, <laughs> that was that was quite shocking. So I said, right, I'll I'll have them cut by next week. But William Miller offering thirty three at the moment. Uh, yeah. Beating the being the late, I know I know Ladbrokes and William Miller aren't exactly opinion polls as such, but uh, yeah, quite happy to be to be out in front there. Always follow the money, Duncan. Always follow the money. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, just saying, about, just saying about the future as well, by the way, I know it sounds a bit almost like skeletal the way they sound like they're structuring things, but to be fair, having Mowbray almost as some sort of like overlord of all divisions at the, uh, you know, of, of Rovers, of the company, 
and then just Cheston as the fin- financial director. There's almost like a beautiful simplicity to it because at least Mowbray has, you know, a certain air of authority and a certain air of, uh, you know, sort of like experience about him. You know, I, to be fair, most of the time when they've had these boards of like four or five people, I've run along them going like, you're a buffoon, you're a buffoon, you're pretty much a buffoon. You know, I'm not saying he's a magician or everything's going to get better or anything, but I, there's just something about Mowbray that I, it's hard not to warm to and sort of have a little bit of trust there. He seems um, a decent chap. Uh, and, and after some of the rogues that we've had involved in our club, that's a very pleasant change. Yeah, really passionate about football, you know, and that's, you know, ultimately I think that makes him really easy to warm to as a fan. I think I think there is something about Blackburn Rovers fans um, that deep down, even if, you know, Chef Gikuchi, taking it, taking it back a little bit, not the greatest footballer, but it was a trier, Paul Dickoff, not the greatest footballer, but a trier. You know, if if you can try and if you can give a bit of effort and if you mean well, you probably do quite all right with the fans and you'll keep the fans on side. Mm. Well, we had the we had the ultimate of uh, of trying, didn't we, with uh, Robbie Savage? Never has a man's effort overshadowed so much, you know, basic skill uh, in my life. But then, to be fair, our midfield's never been any even half as good as that since he left. Yeah. He must have had one of the easiest jobs in football, though. He just had to retrieve the ball and pass to two guys. There was nothing else. That was his entire remit. Mm. Get the ball, pass to two guys. Hey, I played a charity match against him. I can tell you that is not as easy as it sounds. You also kicked a ball in his face, did you not? Exactly what I'm referring to. (laughs) (laughs) If Duncan's elected, he'll get you run out of town for that, you know. <laughs> Correctly so. Do you, remember, do you remember that day, Mike, when we when we did that charity match, and I was there just doing a bit of filming, mm. um, and one of the guys at Ewood took us took me through this back door. He suddenly went from the tunnel to outside mm. in what's felt like mm. felt like a heartbeat, and I said, "What what is this? Why 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 is this here? It doesn't make sense for a, a separate sort of little tunnel." And through a fire door. Mm. And they said Sooness soon put it in so that two guys could have a quick fag at half time. <laughs> I, do, I do remember, yeah. That was like, it was almost like part of the ground tour, two guys' cigarette tunnel. It was, uh, it was, it was good. But, uh, I do remember I that. Quite like, I quite like the idea that two guys didn't once listen to a half time team talk and instead was having a Lambert and Butler at the mm. back of the Jack Walker stand. To be fair, he was. That good, he's probably just sat there going, Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, let me get on with it, you know, that type of mentality. <laughs> so, this summer, um, we're gonna need to bring people in. I think everyone's in agreement on that. Um, what, what do we think? Any key positions that we need to be looking at? Are we gonna continue with three at the back, or will we, will we revert to a four if we get the chance to sign some players? That's, that's probably the toughest question you've asked all night. Um, League One is is uncharted territory for us for so long. Um, I don't think there's a there's a surefire way of sort of laying a team out that guarantees success. Obviously, otherwise, you know, every, every team would be trying to do it. Three at the back is in vogue at the top. Um, I think it has some merits if you've got decent wing backs and you haven't got wingers. But so much, well, everything in reality hinges on who we keep and who we can bring in. And I think I think you know, what will happen is that the tactics will evolve based on the personnel that we have at the beginning of August. Uh, so if he can rec- if he has a master plan and he can recruit to fill it, fantastic. 
if it's more of a case of Hobson's choice and we have to try and scrape up whatever free transfers we can, then we might have to shift our tactics accordingly. I don't give a monkeys what tactics the manager chooses. I just want to see 11 players on the pitch giving their all and hopefully winning more games than they lose because that would be uh, a pleasant surprise compared to the last few seasons. I'm predicting, and I don't know what you think, Dunk, um, but with this account report going back into the Venkis at some point, it's probably going to signal the end of the high earners, the Grahams, the Mulgrews, Conway. I don't know what money Conway's on, but I, I imagine it's quite a bit. Bennett yeah. as well, maybe. I mean, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Particularly if, you know, if anybody is interested in taking these players, I don't even think necessarily for a fee, but if somebody's willing to, uh, to take those players, um, yeah, I think... Sadly, we'll be seeing the back of those because you know there's some good players there. Um, Graham and Mulgrew, um, both both good players, good top quality players. Okay, um, I think if they didn't have the injury issues that they both um, seem to be carrying, they probably wouldn't be with us in the first place. Um, I think for me, bit of a mention for Elliot Bennett. I think he was um, for me. You know, didn't really get a look in under. Coyle, but when Marbury came in, I I think he is a real grafter, a decent player, scored some cracking goals this season. Um, I I've really enjoyed watching Elliot Bennett to be honest with you. Um, so I'd like to keep hold of him. Again, I think they they're going to be on wages that are going to put them really in the upper echelons of of what players are going to be paid in in the third tier, and um, you know we we're going to be adding to our debt if they stay. Um, I suppose it's that catch-22, really. You want to keep hold of your better players, but realistically, can we afford to keep hold of them? Um, I suppose it remains to be seen. Mm. I think, uh, oh, sorry. Go, no, go on, Mike. You, you, you've got more sensible things to say than me. That's clearly debatable, but, um, uh, you know, I think the only thing, just coming back to sort of like the amount of players that are being released and stuff like that, it does almost give us like a bit of an artist blank canvas to work from, which in a way is a plus point, and I'm here to find them, you know it. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I think just coming back to you saying about systems and formations, I'm not sure. I honestly don't. I've not watched a lot of League One football, I must admit, last few years, but I'm going to next season. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not sure how well that 3 5 2 with the wing backs will work and three at the back will work and stuff like that. But there is, there was a, a sort of cohesion to it that we managed to find by the end of last season that wasn't there. I know under Coyle were just all over the place, but it just seemed, I'm not saying it was the world's most expansive formation, but it made us just look a little bit more reliable, a little bit more solid. You know, and also look a little bit more threatening with with decent wing backs. And you know, I wouldn't. I, again, I'm not in. I'm not into the figures. I could be totally wrong. I often am. But you know, the the players like Niambe, Williams, you know, Elliot Bennett. Obviously, a good mention. I agree with Duncan. I thought it was terrific towards the end of the season. Conway, those types of players. Even obviously David Raya, who's had a, a basher in goal recently. I wouldn't say they're unrealistic players to have in League One yes a couple of them might be a little bit fanciful but if we do fancy you know spending a bit more to achieve a bit more those are the types of players that you can you know that you can keep in that system and you can and I mean the fact that we've lost all our central midfield is no great loss it's been a gaping chasm for many a year so the fact that Guthrie, Akpan and Lowe have all swanned off to potentially pastures new I'm assuming Akpan's going to go and get a job in a bakery somewhere um you know, it, it, there's a chance there to sort of maybe just as a core of a side that we can build 
and uh, you know and I think there is potential there to do that of course I'm talking you know higher end of the optimism scale here but of course you've got to look at it like that there's no point being doom and gloom otherwise why bother speaking of which in the next section we have 2017-18 is there any hope is there any no we've just given him a free transfer (laughs) 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 we're not going back around that loop again please (laughs) Mike fill us with hope where where can we look to to finish Let's, let's start with that the the obvious the obvious case in point here, I would say, and I know it's again, it's not like for like you can't just transfer these things in and out, but the obvious case in point here is Bolton coming down, rammed full of debt, turning it around, you know, keeping. Well, I'm not sure if they kept us, but you know, keeping a good squad together for that league and then bouncing straight back up. That's the type of thing. Hopefully, we should be looking to build around. And again, I know, you know, it's not paint by numbers. There's no formula there, like Ian said, but. You know, the, the, there's a there's a template there if we want to use it to you know to bounce straight back up, and that's the type of example we should follow. What do you think, Ian? Do you think it's a, another season of uh, potentially? Fa- I I genuinely think we could end up in another relegation battle. Um, I, I I think I think all things are possible. I mean, we're we're sat here recording this at the end of May. And right now, uh, we I don't know if we've got 11 professionals that we could put out on the field. So to make any predictions about next season at this point seems an exercise in futility. So why don't we do that? Um, there, there, is, there is the distinct possibility that we might unearth some gems and we could win three of our first four games, be top of the table and just run it all the way through. And it, that would be fantastic. Uh, as I'm probably the oldest on the call, I think by some good measure, let's go back to Howard Kendall's promotion season. Um, it is opening dozen or so games were pretty poor, and in current circumstances, he would almost certainly have been sacked. We then, eventually, the side gelled. It, a wonderful mixture of free transfers, youth players and old heads suddenly started winning an awful lot of games 1-0, and we won promotion straight back up. So even if things don't kick off well in September and October, the, you know, there is always the prospect of being able to turn it round. bit different now with the transfer window. You've kind of got to get your squad settled pretty early on. So is there hope? Of course there's hope. Um, do I expect that we will do a Bolton? Um, there's nothing in the history of Blackburn under Vinky's ownership that suggests that that is, is imminent, but you never know. Season tickets next year. I saw today that they've been extended the deadline. Um, I think that'll happen again. Um, Duncan, are you going? Undecided at the moment. Um, I'll be honest, there's a couple of ways I'm looking forward to quite a bit this season. Um, Wimbledon particularly, that's one I really, really want to go to. Um, No doubt that'll be on the Tuesday night. Um, We've got some good local games coming up. It's season ticket wise I, I think I'm really low to buy one if I'm honest um, but I'm not a hardcore boycotter I haven't been going I haven't had a season ticket for the last last year because I simply wasn't enjoying going to the games that much so I uh, I tended to concentrate my efforts on on protesting a little bit more and on the other occasion I did go to a game I think I actually didn't see us lose this season for any game I went to Oh, where um, were you? So, so maybe I need to get myself a season <laughs> ticket. Uh, yeah. Um, Open yeah, goal. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't don't really know um, whether I'm going to bite the bullet and get one um, this time. It's when it's becoming hard work to to go down and and watch ninety minutes of football. It's it's not great. Um, I think my big hope is obviously that we find a solution to the ownership issue um, by by whatever means necessary really. Um, we need to see the club back in safe hands and I hope that something is done to facilitate a Venki's exit. Mike, I'm guessing you're the polar opposite. I'm guessing you've bought two just in well, case you lose one. Well, I'm kind of like the anti-Duncan Miller, I think. I think everything I touch, we end up losing. <laughs> I think any time I make a comment on Twitter, we spaff a goal in the in the wrong net about two minutes later. So I've, I've got to be careful what I do or say or whatever. But um, being a married man, that's something I've learned to to sort of achieve anyway. But um, yeah, it's, it's I mean, obviously season ticket wise, I find it a bit more difficult nowadays. I've you know I've uh, welcomed uh, two little ones into my family recently, so it's. Um, become a little bit of a different ball game but I've I've become a little bit more focused on on away games and home games I find nowadays um but um yeah I think you know like the, you're saying about the season ticket deadline and stuff like that of course I think they're just going to run with that and pretend it's some sort of savvy promotional offer when let's face it they don't really have a you know a second choice but uh you know but to extend it out uh, you know at the end of the day we're more or less down to the core crowd of you know, of fans who definitely want to be there. If you if you're still going now, then you you know you've suffered through a lot, and you're still there. So you, if you're not stoic, you're not anything. And and you know, I think they have to they do have to respond with goodwill by keeping the ticket prices as you know as affordable as possible as well. Ian, I I, th- I think you might be one of these long term um, sufferers. Well, that are I'm, I'm again. in Duncan's camp actually, in as much as until last season, I was the only person that had ever sat in my seat in the in the Riverside. So I got the season ticket when the when the stand opened, and I lived in London. Would you believe it? Um, mm-hmm. And last year, the appointment of um, the person who shall not be mentioned, but apparently he was outstanding, was the thing that tipped me over the edge. And that was <laughs> that was just I thought, well, if you can do that, that's just an insult. You're just really rubbing our faces in it. And so I elected at that point, like Mikey, uh, to to major on away games, and I, I managed. I, th- I think about four or five trips to Ewood last year. Um, I think it's highly unlikely I will be buying a season ticket. I think it's highly likely I will do some more away trips because there's some different grounds, there's some new grounds, move me closer to, to hitting the 92. Um, it's it's not inconceivable come Christmas, a half-season ticket, you know, if, we, if we're up there and we're doing well, I have to say. But I must admit, I'm, I'm kind of with Duncan on that. It's It does feel like it's endorsing Venkis. But at the end of the day, if the team's doing well and it's and it's enjoyable... Then it then yeah a season ticket and it doesn't it doesn't cost a great deal these days at Rovers so that's probably where I stand. I just, I just think it's it's shocking, isn't it, that it's becoming you know a, a decision that we're having to make whether we want to go to football or not. You know it should be it used to be the thing I was most excited about Absolutely. all week. You know yeah. just and yeah. you know I think it speaks volumes about where we find ourselves at the moment. Very sad. If you can, if you can sit through forty-five minutes of Adinio Junior uh, Leicester at home, I think you've done. You've suffered through the worst. It can only get so bad. I saw him away at Milton Keynes in a League Cup tie, <laughs> <laughs> along with many other of his of his brethren. Crikey, oh. that was a, that was, was a long you... old night. <laughs> Did he? He was so bad. He didn't even get one of the Steve Keane sort of new players. He didn't get a new Batistuta or anything like that. He was that bad. <laughs> um, at, season ticket wise, for me, I just will not go. 
Um, I won't go on the basis that it, I feel like it's the only rebellion that I can take in my own hands at this point now. Um, I think there's probably a couple, a couple more like me out there, but it's my own personal thing now. That's the there only is, thing. There is only one of you, Josh. Can, rest assured. That, yeah, yeah, there is that, but. I, I, I do feel like um, it's it's sort of the the backs against the wall protest for me now, where the only thing that I can absolutely guarantee is if I don't buy a season ticket, I've not contributed, and that gives me a little bit of strange, almost horrible satisfaction. Um, I think that's the saddest thing of the that's the saddest legacy of the Vinkies reign is that, to, to echo Duncan's point, something that was a highlight of a week, and still is, let's let's be honest, yeah, for seven 8,000 people, it, it still is and will remain so next season. But for those of us who perhaps just thought, you are just taking me for granted now, you, 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 you're laughing in my face, uh, and, it's, and it's, di- it's divided the fan base. I think the last big um, disaster to hit the Rovers fan base and, and have this kind of impact was the 1960 Cup final. I remember as a, as a boy... Uh, sort of like 10, 12 years old, people sort of saying, well, I've, I won't go because I didn't get a ticket for the 1960 Cup final. I remember thinking, how bloody stupid is that? Why, why would you not go just because you didn't get a ticket, you know? Uh, and and the Venkis' impact is, is similar. There, there's almost like a lost generation, I fear now, of Rover supporters. Uh, and that is really, really sad. And Venkis are wholly to blame for that position. At away games, I think I think we're allowed to stand this season. Am I right in saying that? You can stand at You can stand at Burton Albion last season, my friend. I think the rules are around um, you're allowed terraces in, in the third tier. Um, you know, if you make any adjustments to a ground now, um, particularly if you're in the championship or above, you would have to put seats in. Um, we won't be taking seats out, that's for certain. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think there's certainly going to be a lot more away grounds with that with that standing option, um, which I'm quite looking forward to. I think <laughs> looking main main sort of uh, hope for the season is the ability to stand up at away games. Stop yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's as positive as I get, unfortunately. About players. So our final point is um, league predictions. Just so in 12 months' time, I can relay it and we're all completely wrong. <laughs> um, Duncan, just pull a number number out. What do you think? 13th. 13th, I think, yeah. Somewhere just, just mid-table-ish, slightly on the wrong side, not really troubling the playoffs apart from a little flurry at some point. 13th. Mike? Oh, come on. Uh, give me something. Um, I'm gonna undoubtedly we're gonna laugh at you regardless because well, you come up right. with all so, sorts of outrageous right. things throughout the season. Fine, sod you all, <laughs> sod you all. Second, second, we're going second up. That's one Mike. position lower than I thought he'd predict. A bit yeah, yeah, that, 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 that's pretty <laughs> negative. <laughs> right? That's, that's yeah. almost bordering on the realistic. I was, I was <laughs> cautious, cautious guys, cautious. Ian, what do you think? Uh, I think we'll finish 10th, but we'll go to Wembley in the checker trade. The dream. Because I, I think it'll all start to come together uh, round about Christmas and we'll uh, we'll have a glorious uh, a glorious run in the checker trade trophy. And that won't be so bad, really. After the seasons we've had, it would be, be verging on quite good. Well, I think that is bringing us towards the end of our potential. We're not sure what this podcast is going to be. It could be a one-off, in which case... Uh, you won't hear from us again, but equally, 
uh, we could we could make sort of a monthly thing, or or who knows, we used to do them weekly. So we'll if see. We're, if we're out. responding to public demand, um, I'd just like to say it's been a pleasure, and <laughs> we bump into each other at some point <laughs> in the future. I think as long as long as I think we should just call it the <laughs> we're finishing second podcast, and I've done with it. Let's you know, let's float it out there. So uh, I'm I'm going to keep that separate bit to a side, just so I can replay Mike saying we are going to finish second. When we undoubtedly finished 20. <laughs> yeah, but then I can claim that there was a sound dub <laughs> when we finished 22nd. We'll see. Well, thank you very much for your time, everybody. On a uh, on a Tuesday night, that's very good of you for, to jump in. You're very and welcome. Be involved. Yep. Thanks very much. Very welcome. Venki's out for, uh, for, for the Blackburn region. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just a, a last little word on that. Um, yep. Obviously, you should all use your uh, your votes wisely, and um, if you're listening to this, pretty sure that um, a lot of people out there are going to agree when I say that probably the biggest issue facing the town of Blackburn and our local community and us as Rovers fans is the mess we see at our club. So if you want to know a bit more, um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, Vote D Miller. Um, you can find some other information on there. Um, more than happy to speak to anybody if you've got any questions or anything like that feel free to get in touch um, on BRFCS or, or via Twitter or email Sports Social Podcast Network Attention shoppers, we now have taste in the bread aisle. Dave's Killer Bread. That's right, an organic bread that's no longer a snooze for your taste buds. Dave's Killer Bread is on a mission to make the most of the loaf, to rid the world of GMOs, high fructose corn syrup, and artificial ingredients, and plant the seeds of good in all that they bake. Killer taste, killer texture, and always organic. Dave's Killer Bread. Bread amplified. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.